Hey, PSP3 Nation. Welcome to the Peak Sports Performance Podcast, dedicated to helping our family become not only elite athletes, but also elite individuals. What's up, PSP3 fam? It's Coach Tracy, and we're back with another episode on the Peak Sports Performance Podcast. Um, this week, we are on part three of becoming an elite athlete. Remember, part one was traits and trust, um, meaning the embodiment, the mental side, and the physical side of being an elite athlete. Part two was motivation, intrinsic versus extrinsic, right? Intrinsic being driven from within and extrinsic being uh, driven from an outside source. So now, week three, we are going to get into mental toughness. Probably one of my favorite subjects um, and ideas that I believe in so much that um, it's just pretty much how I go about my daily life uh, and how I always was as an athlete. Um, so let's get into it. There's a couple parts to mental toughness. There's, there's life and there's sport. And the cool thing is a lot of times they, they overlap. So let's talk about the definition of, of mental toughness in life. Um, in life, it's the ability to resist, manage, and overcome doubts, worries, concerns, and circumstances that prevent you from succeeding or excelling at a task or towards an objective or a performance op- outcome that you set out to achieve. So there's a lot of words there, a, a lot um, to think about, right? But the ability to resist, manage, and overcome doubts, worries, and concerns, that's where it starts, right? You have to have the mental toughness, the the fortitude to handle all the things that are gonna happen um, and things that are trying to get in your way uh, of what you're trying to achieve, whether that's climbing up the corporate ladder or handling family issues um, or relationships. You have to overcome all those things. Now in sport, just a little bit of different wording, um, but let's take a look at that. Okay, in sport, Mental toughness is having the natural or developed psychological edge that enables you to cope better than your opponents with the many demands, specifically uh, competition, training, or lifestyle that sports places on a performer, and even more specifically, being more consistent and better than your opponents in remaining determined, focused, confident, and in control under pressure. I think what's cool here is that it states having the natural or developed psychological edge. And I truly believe that uh, you can develop an edge, a psychological edge over your opponents um, in how you train, how you live, um, and how you go about your daily um, uh, tasks when it comes to being an athlete. Um, you have to be more consistent uh, 
in times that are gonna be the hardest. Be, be more determined, be more focused, be more confident in those under pressure situations. And you hear that all the time, like he's just cool under pressure, right? Uh, so it's, those are some of the things that, that the elite athletes have, and that's what we're trying to become, okay? Uh, so right off the bat, you can see there's, there's similarities, um, right? It's about overcoming doubts and worries in life, and it's about handling situations in sport. So pretty cool that they overlap and we can learn a lot um, in both walks. Now, where does it come from? Because if it's developed, if it's natural or developed, and some people are just wired a little bit differently and that's why it says natural, but if it's developed, where does it come from? And I'm gonna give you five uh, subject matters here to talk about. These aren't mine, these came from a book that I've read. I've shared it with many people. Uh, we've talked about this before. It is a book by David Goggins called Can't Hurt Me. I highly recommend it. There is a clean version, an edited version. So um, parents, if you're listening and you wanna look it up and you wanna maybe read it uh, with your athlete, um, make sure you're wanting to get the edited or clean version um, just to be safe on that side, okay? But these are things that he talks about, and if you know who David Goggins is, he's an unbelievable human being who is incredible what he's overcome in his life and, uh, and uses these things um, that helped him build uh, his mind and his mental toughness and, and why most people say he's kind of one of the, the strongest mental athletes it's ever been so <clears throat> the first one is the accountability mirror okay now this is where you stand eye to eye with yourself you're you're looking in the mirror you're taking in all the faults you're taking in all the successes um and and you're trying to figure out where you want to go next whether that's again in life or in sport uh, and how you need to get there. So it's eye to eye with yourself and deep, raw and real emotions, okay? It's not, this isn't a self-love tactic where you just look at yourself and, and fluff yourself up, right? Like, oh, you're so good and, and, and you're always gonna do it, you're always gonna succeed. It's brutal honesty. It's like, listen, man, you haven't done anything. You're not consistent in your workouts. You're constantly late to practice. Um, you know, you're not doing your homework, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're barely skating by, you're not putting enough effort, your work ethic stinks, it's, it's being brutally honest and raw and real with yourself to the point where like, it drives you, that's where that intrinsic motivation starts to come from, uh, it drives you to want to be better. Because if you have a goal set out and you're not getting there, then you've got to look at yourself. Like, why is why am I not achieving the goal? Why am I not getting better? Is it, is it you're gonna blame the coaches? You're gonna blame the parents? You're gonna blame that you're too busy? Yada yada yada. All the little excuses, or just look in the mirror and be like, I need to do better. And here's why I'm failing. Tell yourself why you're failing. Okay, and and then come up with a game plan. And we'll talk about game plans and and uh, goals and all that later but you gotta come up with a game plan to move forward uh, while you're going to achieve that goal so that you can keep yourself accountable, 
Okay, so the accountability mirror is huge. I do it uh, still to this day. I look in the mirror and be like, man, what's going on right now? Like you are not where you need to be. Um, you're letting yourself go here and there. Uh, depending on what it is, you need to be better at this, better at that. And I just, I just do that. It's, it's not, it's not self-degrading. It's just keeping you accountable and being raw and real with that is okay. I mean, it's okay to tell yourself that you are not doing good enough, as long as you know that you're going to use that as fuel to get better. All right, the second one is talent not required. These are things that coaches will harp on all the time, right? It's the stuff that you you can control, um, like we talked about before, and, and the traits and trust, the punctuality, the body language, the first impressions. Um, it's, it's doing the little things that you can control uh, because there's no talent required in that. It's having a singular focus, which is the task at hand and driven towards the goal at the end. It's not wasting any time, okay? I guarantee you, we hear it all the time, well, I just don't have time or um, I'm too busy and this and that. And the real answer is that the elite athletes, um, will find time to do what they need to do to get better. Uh, whether that's being in the gym, whether that's getting extra shots up or spending more time at practice, uh, talking to coaches, you know, making sure that all their work is done, uh, homework is done, you know, and, and they put in that work, right? So it's just stuff that needs to be done if you wanna to get to the next level. And that that's not talent, that's not saying you've gotta be really good fundamentally sound at something it's just saying you've got to do the work you've got to put in the work of the time uh without wasting time if you we as a staff talked about this the other day um or a couple weeks ago we wrote down our our daily habits um hour by hour or every half hour i think it was where what are you doing during this time and if you look at that and you go oh man i was on instagram i was on tiktoks i was on snapchat for X amount of time, could I have done something to be better? Probably, probably. And that's where the talent not required part comes in, okay? Because that's something you can control. Moving on, we've got the 40% rule, which is unbelievable. Um, before I get started, it's just something that, that drives me to find my limits. Um, and everybody's limits are different. But the 40% rule is when we think we have nothing left to give and life and sport is at the hardest, we've only really given 40% of our effort. I mean, if you are dead dog tired and like your body's so sore and beaten up and you think you're done, you can't do another thing, you've only hit 40% of your body's mental and physical limitations. And I know that is hard to understand, but in the book, if you wanted to reference it, he really talks about, and, and those that know um, about the book and have read it before, or my runners that did the winter running program with me as we went through the book together, um, everything that he accomplished is so hard to fathom uh, that you can only start to believe that the 40% rule is true so you've got to take the governor off 
and stretch your pain tolerance, letting go of all of your identity and self-limiting stories. Because we're really the ones that are putting the limits on ourselves. And I promise you that people ask me, you know, all the time, like, why would you go do that crazy workout on your birthday? Uh, when, why don't you just celebrate your birthday? I want to work out. I want to push my limits. It's a day for me to be me, be who I am, uh, and find out what I, what I'm made of. And sometimes, yeah, I do end up pushing my limits where I'm laying on the ground for a long period of time, like completely exhausted. Well, that's cool to me. You know, that's, I like that stuff. Um, but it's because I'm trying to find my limits. I'm trying to keep pushing myself. And I understand that the 40% rule is in effect. So can I always do more? Probably so. Can you always do more? Probably so. And that's what we need to figure out. We need to callous our mind and chase pain daily. And that's two bold statements. Callous your mind, chase pain daily. If you do those two things, right, if you just constantly work so hard that you're that you you know you can do more, you can always do more, and you're used to all the the pain that comes with that, you're gonna be able to keep pushing that throttle and that needle farther and farther over uh, to finding those limits. So that's the forty percent rule. Now we've got the cookie jar, and this is. Uh, this is a pretty cool thing. This is a cool concept, a cool idea where, and I don't know if you guys have cookie jars in your house anymore, but when we were growing up, when we were younger, we had these like solid, heavy cookie jars that when you took the lid off, it was just, you could smell the cookies, you could, you know, um, and you would reach in there and grab whatever cookies mom had put in there uh, for the week, you know, and you didn't know what you're gonna get, but it was pretty cool to just grab a cookie now um, I don't know if that, that's still theme, but it was a surprise and it was like a, a treat, okay? The cookie jar in this concept is when all odds are against you and it's the worst time, you have to remind yourself of how awesome you are. Um, so what you do is when you're at your lowest low and coaches are yelling at you, your practice is hard, you're, you're dead dog tired, right? And, and you can't get, you, you know you got, you've only used 40%, you got more in the tank, but you just don't know how to access that. This is where you reach in the cookie jar and you pull out one of those fortune cookie slips of paper that says, I remember when I did, you know, all this plus some. I remember going through the worst day, the hardest workout, and all these things, and I did that, I can do this too, right? It's, it's, it's reminding yourself of how good of an athlete and, and how much you've pushed yourself in the past and overcome certain things that you can use to get through the next situation. Because most of the time when we're in the middle of a hard workout, tough practice, um, and you're getting yelled at, you seem you can't do anything right, we start to get down on ourselves, you know, and all we're hearing is the negative things, Sometimes we need that positive re, uh, affirmation and it, it's stuff that you've done. So it's stuff that you personally can recount and say, yeah, that's right. I, I, I can do all this and I am better than this today. I'm just having an off day or I'm just really tired or I'm working hard uh, and coach is pushing us to the limits, but I can keep going. Um, so the cookie jar is, is a pretty cool way to remind yourself how awesome you are. 
you know, and when this comes to life, it's when tragedy strikes, you know, some hardship, uh, you know, a bad relationship or an argument with someone, um, you know, and you're just feeling down and out. It's when you can pull out in the cookie jar, uh, pull something out that reminds you how awesome you are and you don't fall apart. Okay. So you can, you can pick yourself up by the bootstraps and, and say, oh, that's right. I can handle this and I'm going to move on. Okay. All right, so that's accountability, mirror, talent, not required, 40% rule, and the cookie jar. And last, we've got the empowerment of failure. And you ask all of our coaches, I promise you they will tell you that failures are the way to succeed. Okay, you have to find failure in order to succeed. Um, you have to write out in very specific detail your failures. And I'm not saying like, you know, get on your tablet or your, your phone and go in your notes section and just start typing. Like there's, there's a connection between your brain and physical writing where you write something out. So get out a pen and paper, um, put it, you know, put it, the ink down and start writing out all the specific details of your failures along with all the good things that went well during those failures. Because hardly ever are you doing absolutely everything wrong uh, to fail. That's hardly ever the case. Most often we're doing a lot of good things. Some things just didn't go our way or we made a few mistakes along the way. Um, whether that's focus or uh, attention to detail. Whatever that may be, you have to you know, uh, recount all that, put it in your mind, and then put it in the paper. Uh, and write all of that out so that you can look at that and see how that all played a part in the failure so that you can use it to succeed later. And you have to note uh, how you handled it. Like how, how did that affect you? Like when this moment happened, how did you handle that? How did it, how did it change the outcome of your, your attitude, um, your attention, your focus? How did you, how did you handle it? How did it affect you? Right? So while you're writing down all those details of the failure that happened, uh, along with all the good things that went on during the failure, write out also how, how you handled it, okay? Because those details will matter. And I promise you, when you go back and read that stuff and really focus on trying to change those things and apply that to the next situation, the odds are that you're gonna find success from there on, okay? All right, so we talked about the definitions. We talked about where uh, mental toughness comes from. Let's talk about how we build it a little bit. Okay, so again, five, five things here. Um, number one, self-responsibility. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. I feel like that's a Muhammad Ali saying, um, even though I don't know who came up with that, but just his rhyming stuff all the time. Uh, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Okay. And that it's so true. Um, we talk about it all the time where, you know, we hear all these excuses, but really as a parent, my job is to ask more and more questions to get to the bottom of the, of the issue. Right? So if I keep asking questions, um, and we, I keep getting these answers, I'm probably going to get to the point where it comes back to what you did 
personally, okay? Um, so if it's meant to be, it's up to me, self-responsibility, you have to take action and do what is necessary to increase your mental toughness along the way, okay? Um, again, the accountability mirror is a great way to do that. You can look in the, in the mirror and tell yourself it's meant to be, it's up to me, and keep going out there and doing what you need to do. Number two is relentless solution focused. Meaning, if we know we failed, if we've uh, understood how we failed and why we failed, how can we find a way to get better? So you're constantly focused on the solution, which is the, the empowerment of failure along with the talent not required, right? The singular focus on the solution of why that happened and, and making changes in order to get better in order to build our mental toughness, okay? Number three is the challenge response versus a threat response. In the definition of uh, mental toughness for sport, it said um, being more consistent and better than your opponents and remaining determined, focused, confident, and in control under pressure. Under pressure being the big takeaway there. So the challenge response Pressure equals a good response, and a threat response, pressure equals a bad response, okay? If you see things as a challenge, and then go out there and do that, that's a good thing, right? Like, I like that pressure, I want that pressure. Like, so if you're, say you're you're getting ready to play the state game or um, something like that, and you're like, oh man, uh, we're playing the number one seed, and that's a challenge, that's good. If you see it as a threat, like, oh my gosh, we're playing the number one seed, there's no way we're gonna win, that's a bad response, okay? You need, and I think as all elite athletes do, they wanna play the best of the best. You don't wanna leave anything down. So if the number one seed went down uh, early in the tournament, and you're playing a number 12 seed, and you're like the number three seed or something like that, like, you, and you're more mentally comfortable and confident because of the seedings that what does that say as like who you are as an athlete when you know maybe that 12 seed doesn't really belong there but that's who you're playing and maybe they do you can say that too because if they beat the number one then they did right but in general you want to play the best of the best you want to play those at the top of their game or go against the best because that's how you get better so a challenge under pressure is a good thing if you see it as a, a threat it's a bad thing. Um, number four in the ways to build mental toughness, you gotta ask yourself some powerful questions. Okay, like how can I take this obstacle and make it my advantage? Um, I tell my runners all the time, when they come in after a meet uh, and I ask them, hey, how did the track meet go? And if I hear complaints about the weather or this girl cut me off or this guy, you know, bumped me um, or it was windy and, you know, it was hot and humid and rainy, like, I don't care. Um, I don't have a lot of sympathy for elements that uh, everybody has to deal with. I'll have sympathy for you as a person and in life, but when it comes to things that you 
uh, can't control like that, then you have to get over it. How can you make this obstacle my advantage if we train in it, right? If we if we go out there and and use it, knowing that other people don't want to compete in certain things, uh, whether it's the weather or whether it's um, uh, just late at night or early mornings, right? Because it's the only time you can get it in. That is an obstacle. Like, oh man, I only got I can only practice at. Uh, 5 a.m. Well, then go do it. Don't use that as a as a uh, as a clutch or a um, a hitch, but use it as your advantage because you know most other people are not doing that. Okay. Another question is, what am I actually capable of? Have you even asked yourself that? Because if you haven't, you need to. Because a lot of times I see athletes that just don't have the confidence. Um, because they haven't asked themselves, what are they capable of? They're just going through the motions, they're playing on the teams, and they're not truly trying to better themselves. They're just happy with the moment um, and their task. But if you ask yourself, what am I truly capable of? Uh, then you can see that your effort and your energy and your, your, your well, mental toughness will go up, okay? And then the last question you need to ask is, is what if? Like, what if you can do anything knowing that failure wasn't an option? What would you do, right? Like, what if? What if I keep doing extra? What if I, you know, we talked about this uh, just yesterday. I talked to the youth class about skipping reps. And if you skip one rep a day for a year, that's 365 reps. If I did one more rep um, than I was supposed to, that's 365 extra reps, right? How much better can we get? So what if? What if I do all the small things? What if... What if I believe that talent isn't required and I, I hold myself accountable in the mirror and I, I realize that I'm only given 40%, you know, even when I'm super dead tired um, and I find ways to use failure to empower me and I, I dig deep into the cookie jar for, to remind myself how, how good I am. What if and what am I capable of? Ask yourself that. Build your mental toughness. All right, last we got self-talk and visualization I'm a big believer in the the mindset of the body hears whatever the mind tells it if you're saying man I didn't get enough sleep last night I'm tired guess what your body's gonna react in the same way um, so whatever you're saying in your head whatever you're telling yourself your body's gonna react um, and that is the self-talk so if you're down on yourself and you're like man you know, you're, you're just you're just not good enough, this and that, that can affect you. Now, if you're looking in the accountability mirror and you're telling yourself, you're not that good, you need to do better, it is okay to do that if you're gonna use that for fuel. Remember I said that before. If you're gonna use that stuff as fuel and hold yourself accountable, great. But if you're out there in the game and, and you're getting down on yourself and you start to talk bad about yourself and like, oh, I keep messing up and I'm, I'm not doing good, that's gonna affect you, okay? So you gotta know when to use this. Um, if you're like, oh, I have, I have energy, I, have, I can do this, I can get back out there, I can, I can go again, I can, I can push harder, you probably will, okay? Visualization is huge in sports, huge. And I think more athletes need to figure out what this means. Uh, when I talk about visualization or anybody talks about visualization, we're talking about 
super detailed information that you can really dive into while you're in the moment because it all plays out in slow motion. If you're, again, getting ready for, we'll say, the state football game and you know how pregame is going to go, you know how uh, the, the, the locker room talk is going to go, you know, if you sit down and you close your eyes and you really think about all the details that go into that, like what the, the smell of the air is going to be like, what the lights are going to look like, the sound of the crowd, um, you know, just putting your pads on, all that stuff. You know, hearing the cleats hit the concrete when you walk out to the field. If you start to visualize all that stuff in certain small specific details, when you get out there, everything slows down. And you're like, hey, I've been here. I know exactly what this is going to be like. Okay? And you feel better about it. You have more confidence about going into things. Uh, and that builds mental toughness because you're not concerned as much or worried, right, um, about things. So back to the, the definition, you're able to cope better than your opponents with the many demands of competition, training, and lifestyle that sports places on a performer specifically being more consistent and better than your opponents and remaining determined, focused, confident, and in control under pressure, if you visualize all that stuff, you'll be able to handle that stuff. Um, and, and in life, it's about overcoming the doubts, worries, and concerns and circumstances that prevent you from succeeding. You take away all those doubts and worries uh, and concerns if you are mentally strong, if you are visualizing stuff. Okay, I can't stress the importance of self-talk and visualization. Um, but that's it. That's, you know, this is a brief, brief, I mean, oh, it's 30 minutes here, but that's really just the tip of the iceberg when it talks about mental toughness. And if you guys have questions about mental toughness, like come see me. I'm a huge believer in mindset, the day in, the day out, day, uh, way, way to go about things. Uh, but please come talk to me or any of our coaches. Uh, but that is part three of becoming an elite athlete, the mental toughness. And until next time, I'll see you then.